1: He is an award-winning speaker and author of the Gentle Way books, which provide a simple yet very powerful tool for everyday use. He is also the author of Volantis and Lemuria, which is the topic of our conversation today. Tom is a telepath and has allowed himself in a meditative state to provide detailed information about extraterrestrials. Earth's History, and the Lost Continents of Atlantis and Lemuria. Welcome to the show, Tom. I'm so glad to have you here. And I'm so glad to talk about Atlantis and Lemuria. Lemuria. (laughs) I'm trying to get all the pronunciations in. Or, which is also called Mew.
2: Yes, the continent of Mew. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: I'm I'm thrilled to have you. Um, before we get into um, the continents, though, I wanted to ask you to share with your audience how you get this information and who Theo is.
2: Okay, sure. Uh, way <laughs> way back in 2005, my wife and I attended a um, uh, a workshop or a, a three day workshop. Uh, in Sedona, Arizona, uh, put on by uh, Dick Suppen, Sutphen S U T P H E N on increasing your psychic ability, and at that time I had had a channeling done by uh, by Robert uh, Shapiro, um, and it, because I had started requesting benevolent outcomes based on an article I had read in the Sedona Journal uh, that he channeled saying, you can request benevolent outcomes in your life. And I said, that's interesting. I tried all sorts of other modalities like the law of attraction. They didn't work very well and I'm still looking for something that worked better. And so I started just experimenting with with saying these requests out loud, which turned out to be the way it works. And um, so, uh, when I started requesting these benevolent outcomes, it worked perfectly. And and so I started with little mundane things, and uh, like a parking spot or it drives, things like that, and worked mm-hmm. my way up to large things like the, the perfect house for us or things, things of that nature. And it all always worked perfectly as long as was, you
1: found that out by saying it out loud. Yes, that was the difference in the technique.
2: Yes, because because when you say these uh, uh, these requests out loud, um, scientists are one day going to rediscover until that the um, uh, the human voice creates an energy when we say these requests and it goes out to the cosmos wherever you wish to believe and. And it, it works and it's 10 times, 100 times better than the law of attraction. And as long as you're requesting something that's within your sole path or sole contract, then then it's going to work. If you say request uh, to win the lottery, that may not be on your sole contract. So you have to understand that. Um, yet you can win smaller amounts. I, I've won eight uh half of an eight thousand four hundred dollar pot on a cruise uh to the Caribbean with my family so it wow. it, it does work yeah and I that took care of a
1: happy hour <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> that's true I even had one lady in in Canada that they were going to lose their vacation home that had been in their family for many many years and she requested a benevolent outcome to win the lottery she won one million. Canadian dollars. So it all depends on what what you're going to use the request for.
1: You're going to have people all over the world saying it out loud. <laughs> but your <laughs> techniques are in your Gentle Way books.
2: Yes. I I un-
1: I understand, right?
2: Right. And uh uh you can you, you can go to my website www.thegentlewaybook.com and click on on sample um, chapters, and you don't even have to buy my books to get started on them. <laughs> it's just that yeah. that there are so many things that you can request benevolent outcomes for that that you'll want to read more and more about it. Mm-hmm. So, and also, of course, um, you can read sample chapters about uh, the uh, Atlantis and Lemuria. So that's that's how it kind of all started and um uh so
1: where did theo come in
2: theo when i started uh first of all um i thought maybe i was supposed to support robert shapiro's work and so he channeled this indian shaman by the name of reveals the mysteries and uh and so I asked him, I said, reveals, um, is my um, sole contract to support Robert's work? And Robert channeled, no, uh, it's not. And I thought that was very strange. So a couple of years later, here we are at um, uh, at Dick Sutton's workshop. And so I decided when he was going to put us under to see if we could automatic do some automatic writing and have something come through. Through, I said I think I'm going to try and contact reveal some mysteries So I said reveal some mysteries are you there? And he said yes I am Tom wow this is really great <laughs> yeah. And so that was the start and um, and so reveal some mysteries told me he said Tom you're a you're an Indian shaman living at the same time I am which was in the 1600s in the western United States and um, your your name is Stillwater. And you're uh, you're going to uh, to introduce people to the to the gentle way. I got the name of the first book the first time I ever talked to him. And mm-hmm. uh, and and you're going to write books. And I said, no, no, no. I'm I'm a business guy. Um, you know, I'm just going to to do a film and, and video uh, distribution till I retire. And and he said, no books. I said, well, okay. So
1: I, I was getting
2: my march getting my marching orders and uh, and so off it went from there and then I just started kind of adding uh, people in. I said, well, I want to speak to my guardian angel. And Theo popped up. Now I didn't know I said well what name should I call him? He said, Tom, he said humans can't can't say uh angelic names. Uh, you don't have the vocal cords for it. so you can say, you can call me Tom, Dick, or Harry, but Tom's going to be a little hard in your meditation. So I said, <laughs> well, okay. A couple of weeks later, I, I was thinking, and the name Theo popped into my head. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I started calling him Theo. Later, many years later, I was to learn that I've called him Theo in many past lives.
1: Oh, wow. I've done this
2: many, many times. 100%. And
1: he's your main contact when you're asking questions uh
2: he and Gaia um uh, I I'm even going to have a a book coming out hopefully in several months I just have to uh, my editor is giving me it and I haven't I've only looked at it one day so I got a lot of work to do and so I'm going to have a whole book on my conversations with Gaia and
1: um with Gaia the earth Gaia
2: yes so the soul of the earth and uh really tons and tons of interesting things she's told me all the way from her journey uh that started 25 billion years ago when she came to this uh, uh, this universe and, and uh, worked her way through all the hundreds of of galaxies that had been created at that time by Creator and in, in order to learn what she needed to learn. So um mm-hmm. that's that's gonna be that book. Um anyway, so I um started asking Gaia lots of questions and uh, which wound up in the Atlantis and Lemuria book and um uh and Theo lots of questions. So it, it just uh you know moved along from there and eventually Theo would introduce me to another member of my soul group or cluster as theocosm. And uh, that's Antura who is an extraterrestrial and who's hovering in a mothership 50 miles above us. Uh, that's three miles wide and 20 stories tall, taking millions of readings a, a day as part of the earth experiment. So that's, that's part of what's in a little bit of what's in the Atlantis and Lemuria book is uh, uh, how all this started and came about, and uh, how the ETs were involved from ten million years ago onwards. And people keep guessing, well, maybe, maybe they've been around for a hundred years or a thousand
1: years, no, ten million. Wow! And why are they helping us? Well, they can help us more. (laughs)
2: Okay, so creator, uh, they're doing this at the at the behest uh, or wishes of the creator. Creator decided that um, and and I'm going to call him he because he, she or it is. I've I've been called up for calling him It, And so I'll, Mm. I'll just use the form of he. Uh creator fine. Yeah. wanted to uh, see if the four negative energies that exist could be worked with our universe and the trillions of other universes were all created in the 10 positive energies. No one had ever been able to figure out how to work with the four negative energies. So uh, creator uh, called for volunteers and that's, that's us. Uh, that would take part in this earth experiment and the extraterrestrials uh, he called on to find bodies that would be able to exist in these four negative energies. And so they went through a long period. If you ever, all these bodies like the Lucys and the Littlefoots and the Neanderthals and the Cro-Magnons, all, there, there are over 60 different types of bodies that the E.T.s uh, tried out. They they knew how to do it, but they didn't have the practical experience. So they would test out, you know, one body just to to see hands, you know, the development of the hands. And uh, wow. so th- they they did uh, a, a huge amount of testing, and uh, and that's that's how that kind of worked down. But they, as it was explained to me by Theo. They could have uh said, no, we don't want to do that, but nobody ever turns down creative. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. You know, I wouldn't they're, think they're,
1: but yeah, would we have the free will ahead. to even turn them down? Pardon? Would we have the free will to even turn them down? Was
2: there choice
1: yes. in there or no? Yes,
2: we would, because yeah. one of the things that our souls agreed to would be that that the soul fragments having lives on Earth would all be veiled because Creator believes that we're going to solve many, many problems uh, of the universe that no other society has ever been able to solve, and some of them are well over a billion years old. So they got stuck um, on their uh, their soul. All souls want to progress and raise their vibrational levels. Well they all got mm-hmm. stuck at about 5.3, 5.4 and they've been there for millions of years. And so by when we go out to the stars we're going to take this negative energy with us and um in little bits you know like 0, uh, 0. 0.02 uh percent to 2% max and we're going to take it to all these uh, members of the of the Federation of of planets, which is twenty thousand planets large, and uh, and then they're they have millions of ships, and they're going to take it all over the universe. So that's that's going to be our job. We're called the Explorer Race because we're going to change not only our universe, but but these little bits of negativity are going to be adapted by. trillions of other universes so we're we're going to make just an enormous uh difference to people in in all these other universes and ours
1: are these the four negatives and what are the four negatives
2: we don't know i've had a number of of people that read my weekly newsletter uh which Mm -hmm. you can subscribe to at www.thegeneralwavebook.com Dot com on the first page it's a free weekly newsletter and um, uh, i've had a, a number of people that have guessed i'm told that someone one day will get close but just in this latest newsletter i had someone make a guess on three out of the four and they were not correct so we're waiting for somebody <laughs> to come along that that will be able to guess what the four negative energies are They're not going to tell And Theo
1: won't tell you, huh?
2: Nope.
1: Nope. Oh, that's a bummer.
2: They got to figure it out for
1: ourselves. (laughs) Um, You had lives during the, um, on Atlantis and Lemuria? Say again? You had past lives on the Lost Continent?
2: um, You have to understand, I'm told. Now, this is what I'm being told by Theo and and guy and all that I'm one of 10 people on the earth that have had over a thousand lives. I'm at a thousand five. Now, as an example, the uh, Dalai Lama is at 1100. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, but I'll probably catch up with him because I'm told that I still have 300 more lives to go and, and I can double up. So as an example, um, about 45 lives from now, i'm uh I'm alive at the same time period but i'm a a woman living uh, and working in washington d c at the Pentagon and when the uh, uh i don't know if you say first uh, woman president is elected in twenty twenty three or four whenever that is um uh that this
1: year you mean it twenty twenty three you said 2023 that's this no, year No
2: 2020 2030 20, uh,
1: 20, sorry if I uh, I was going to say 20, I think there's no hope for this year yeah, <laughs> yeah right.
2: Well who knows <laughs> but uh uh but on around 2033 I'll be this woman working in the Pentagon I have not started to um be able to channel or or, or ask questions and meditations yet but soon I'm supposed to, and uh, I will become uh, a close confidant of the that president of the United States at that time period. But she's alive now; she just hasn't, you know, is not doing things that she's going to be doing.
1: Whoops! And we don't know who she is. Huh?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to know. You know, I've uh, I've got future lives where where I'm going to be, um, even though it's in, in the past, um, these are future lives for me, I'm going to be Sarah Northrop, who was L. Ron Hubbard's second wife and helped him to write the diabetics book. And mm-hmm. um, uh, and I'm going to be um, uh, the queen of Ethiopia, Holly Selassie's uh, wife and be at his close confidence. So these are all lives that were, were doubled up, you know, with my life I'm living now, uh, but, you know, I'll never meet them, never met them, and, and uh, will not meet the lady in the Pentagon either.
1: Now, um, you call the lives doubled up. Are they parallel universes? Of a life going on. I read the twelve, and I got confused. Yeah, Yeah.
2: no, these are overlapping lives, as compared to the twelve parallel parallel lives that each one of us has on Earth. And um, so we're on timeline six, the middle frequency. So uh, most of the inventions um, and great ideas, and I'll start on the upper timelines. And they work their way down to our timeline, so it takes mm-hmm. a
1: while. And we're on timeline six. Earth is yeah. on timeline six. Hmm. Okay, I read that part, and I was yes. confused by it. Honestly, it was like, oh my god, okay. where are yeah. we here? Yeah. Um. So you know, let's go back. Chapter,
2: I have a whole chapter in the Atlantis and Lemuria book about
1: it. I actually uh, so read it. It was. Yeah, it was, I, I tried to. You explain. know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I needed a pen and a piece of paper for that one. <laughs> um, but let's go back to Atlantis and Lemuria, and um, do you want to take us to the history of really the history of Gaia? Is where it all starts, right? Yeah, but,
2: but uh, uh, I think if, if I go through the whole history of Gaia, I, I think we would run out of time. So. Best, yeah, let's start.
1: fast forward to Atlantis and Lemuria, <laughs>
2: right? So, you know, here, here I was on this the gentle way book, and, and and uh, Reveals of Mysteries told me that that I was uh practicing the gentle way 400 years ago, and so that you know just kept in the back of my mind, you know, how little things fester and uh, eventually. Mm-hmm. I decided, well, I'm going to ask one day about this. And so I said, I said, Theo, um, you know, how uh, how far back does the Way away uh, go? Thinking, you know, maybe a thousand years or something. And he said, oh, no, Tom, it dates all the way back to your days in Atlantis when you were inspired uh, to create the gym away. And you had a million people um, following you. And and eventually uh, you migrated with them from uh, the Atlantian, uh Allen of Posadia all the way through Europe to Egypt. So that was kind of the start. And and I said, oh, OK. And I was told he said, you've had one hundred and eighty five lives on Atlantis and sixty five on uh, Lemuria, and he said, You've had more lives on those two continents than anyone else alive today, and so that's why you're you would be good to bring out the knowledge about their existence.
1: I'll tell you, when you go through that many lives, my feeling is exhaustion <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, exhaustion. I, said,
2: I said, Why so few lives on Lemuria? and he said, Well. For thousands of years, they were um, they were a very gentle society, very loving and everything. It was only in the last thousand years of their existence when they started warring. So that's we can get into that. That'll be down. I was going to
1: say I want to ask why they started to war, but I really kind of want to go back to the beginning of it too. So I don't know that yeah. I want to. Go sideways yet?
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> so Edgar Casey, when I started asking questions about about Atlantis and Lemuria, I I had obviously one or two uh, Atlantean books by Edgar Casey, or where they put things together that he had said, and I used that as a little basis. So I was told that even though he considers that very first where the 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 poles switched. That, uh the, he considered that uh one of the major major happenings it I was told it was not that that when the pole switched it only affected the people on the northern coasts of Atlantis that it didn't really affect anybody else so that that was not um that was not considered a, a major thing uh, when you when you get down to it Okay, so
1: I hope not then, because it looks like we're gonna have it again <laughs>
2: yeah yeah <laughs> so the so after that now you have to understand uh both of these continents were um were settled at the same time, sixty thousand years ago with Homo sapiens. I make I make that difference because, It took that long for them to go through all these 60, the ETs to go through these 60 different bodies until they finally decided that the homo sapien body was the best body to work in these four negative energies. So so 60,000 years ago, uh, the ETs started populating all the continents of the earth with homo sapiens. And although uh, probably a little earlier uh, in Africa, why I'm not quite certain, but they started there and maybe they wanted to see, well, let's give them 500 years to make sure this this is what is good as we think it is.
1: They survive. And, um, <laughs> make sure they survive. <laughs> <pardon>?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and the nice thing, of course, they can travel in time. And so, you know, they can plop, you know, a... Uh, Thirty Neanderthals in uh, in a forest, and then come back in in a hundred years or three hundred years and see see how they were coming along. How they're
1: doing? Yeah, it sounds cruel. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe
2: not as much as the Neanderthals. They were cannibalistic.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So, it I I haven't really seen that come out too much, but but I I do know they have. Found bones in caves <laughs> that that uh, appeared, you know, maybe to be burned or whatever. So uh, to
1: be gnawed. I thought you were going to say to have been gnawed on. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> with and, human teeth. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so
2: that's that's the way it started. So both both Atlantis and Lemuria were populated by Homo sapiens at the same time. Now there were mm-hmm. still um, some dinosaurs and all running around uh, Atlantis even at that time and they even had a big meeting uh, uh, on it at one point to try and figure out how to, how to get rid of them. Uh, uh-huh. So even though...
1: Apparently they were able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: eventually, but it, it took a while and it, you know, science believes that that dinosaurs died out millions of years ago, but I, it was explained to me they would die out, and then they would come back. I guess, you know, somebody missed some eggs, and, and lo and behold, there would be these little guys running around that got to be big guys, and mm. they'd have to stumble them out again, so... Eventually they kind
1: of like get... cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> they, you brother, never quite get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. It'll they'll survive anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's the way it kind of started. And Atlantis uh, now I actually it took me a really a long hard time to get the exact um, uh, longitudes and latitudes where each of these continents existed. And I gave them to my publisher. They couldn't understand them, so they left them out. I'm going to put them back in in my Gaia book, and, uh, and I will try and re-explain it another way, uh, because where a longitude and a latitude meet, that formed the corner of the continent. Okay? So you'd have four corners making basically a box. In the case of Atlantis, I, I was told that it was in the shape of a parallelogram. And if you were to look at a world map that has the, um, uh, the latitudes and longitudes listed on it, you would see the northern latitude for, for Atlantis was at 47 degrees. Okay, so that means if you were to draw a line from like the coast, the southern coast of Newfoundland or Newfoundland, depending on where you're from, uh, straight across the Atlantic, that was the top of Atlantis. And if you were to draw a line, I think it was at 30 degrees uh, latitude across the Atlantic, that was the bottom of, of Atlantis with the exception that there was a tail that ran parallel down 100 miles off the coast of North America all the way down to the Bahamas. Uh, there was actually towns in, in that portion that uh, obviously were swept over, and I'll get into that in a second. And and that's why the the uh, Bahama Road or whatever it's called, the Bimini Road, uh, is in existence because... There were actually um, towns that existed down down that far. So um, the continent of Atlantis w- went uh, existed within 30 miles of the continent of Africa. At that time, it was called the uh, the uh, land of Oz. Okay, and which I think is really interesting that Oz has. Uh, has continued as a name all the way into modern times, and as I say, it it uh, it got close to to North America, but that's that's where Atlantis was. So we kind of uh, so you can imagine starting sixty thousand years ago up to about thirty thousand years ago. Um, that's twenty thousand years of existence they were given free energy in the form of these giant crystals they called posers that gave them free energy. They These were like beacons that they were energized by magnetics and they would throw out this energy beam in people's houses, their buses, cars, um, uh, apartments, uh, Aircraft, everything uh, worked on these on this energy put out by these posers. The only problem before
1: we get into that too far, before we do the deep dive on that, I need to take a break. And then I want to come back and do a deep dive on that and where that information came from and all. We'll be right back.
0: One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them get the help you need today. Visit avewthroughtheveil.com. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to veil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Hi, this is Bart Praley. We're back with Tom T. Moore. And we are talking about Atlantis and Lamoria. Uh, and um, when did Atlantis and Lamoria begin? You know, when were they populated? And okay. they, you said they were populated by different ETs.
2: Yes, they were populated by different ETs 60,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. The continents existed, but but that's when Homo sapiens were introduced to Earth, and in different places, Africa and, and Europe, uh, what is now Europe and and
1: mm-hmm.
2: Australia and, and so on. So uh, Asia. So that's when all the the Homo sapiens started appearing, and um, this. So Atlantis really throughout these thousands of years uh, became uh, like their their medical treatments of people is still beyond what, where we are today.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it will take a while for us to get there because they were using lights and healing lights and all sorts of sounds and things like that to heal people. And we haven't we haven't achieved that probably because then the the big pharmaceuticals wouldn't make any money,
1: right? But why? How did we lose the information? I mean, you know, we well, um, that came. Homo sapiens seemed to have been a whole lot smarter then yeah. <laughs> and now.
2: That came in three different stages. Now I'm trying to kind of build up because they really. They went out and conquered the whole uh, Caribbean. The Caribbean didn't look the same as it does today. It had more land. Okay. Mm -hmm. They actually had land bridges in between these bodies of, of water and all. And so they went out and conquered most of the Caribbean. They tried to conquer the land of Oz at least two times or more because in two of my lives, I was a soldier. And was sent over to the land of Oz, and we were annihilated by by these Maasai uh, type warriors that came in the thousands. And they figured out that for some reason our planes would not work uh, at night, and they would wait until until nightfall, and then they would come in the thousands and just literally wiped us out. And I, so I lost my life twice. Uh, in these four rays to the land of Oz. So that's, uh, but all along they're using this energy. Um, they were able to even invent weapons of war. They, which was very upsetting to the ETs. They were able to invent uh, um, laser guns and things like that. So they were mm-hmm. very sophisticated. So, this, and I always this,
1: thought the uh, Atlantean were peaceful people. So to hear that they're conquering yes. other areas, it's you know, it's oh, kind of different it, than what I thought.
2: Right, and it gets worse. So, mm. lo and behold, we get up to about thirty thousand years ago, and they had a natural disaster. Um, there was a line of volcanoes that sat in the middle of the continent which was right on the middle of the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. And so the pressure and all uh, from these these continental uh, butting heads with each other uh, had these giant volcanoes. And that's where a lot of the crystals came from, too. And they all blew up at the same time. And it meant the destruction of most of the continent of Atlantis killing millions of people not only on the continent of Atlantis, but with the sinking of the of the majority of the continent, people all over the world that lived on the coast drowned too because the oceans of the world rose 162 feet. So if you can imagine the highest Tsunami you can ever imagine coming at you 160 feet uh, when it sank. So that's and and left over were just a few small islands: the Bermuda, Canary Islands, Azores, a um, couple of islands off the coast of of Canada. Um, so and uh-huh. there was. There was this island called Posadia that sat in more or less in the middle of the Atlantic. It was the size of Cuba, but round in shape. And then 375 miles to the south was Aaron, which if you were to draw a line straight out from Washington, D.C., uh, that's where uh, Aaron sat. And then there were five small islands below that. Aaron was this was a little bit larger than Hispaniola, Hispaniola, and mm-hmm. um, and so that was that was all that was left, and so it, it it took a long time for it to recover. Needless to say there was mud in the uh, in the whole Atlantic, and no nobody could could really travel for quite some time. And so they slowly recovered. This was thirty thousand years ago. So that that was the first major event. Um. When when they could travel and all, they needed to look for other sources of these crystals. So they wound up in near Hot Springs, Arkansas, and where there's tons of crystals, and they had devices that could find these largest crystals. And they would, they actually had a mining town and it would sit in one place and with the miners and their families, they would mine that area. Then they would tear it all down, move to another area and mine for the crystals. And they would send them back uh, with these kind of cargo type aircraft back to, uh back to the Atl- Atlantean Islands. so that what did the
1: land is do with the crystals I don't know if we went through that
2: oh okay well, well basically this these crystals were were energized by by magnets we haven't kind of learned how to do that yet again mm-hmm. and people are uh people are scared to even do it. Because subconsciously they had lives on on Atlantis when they destroyed themselves, which we're going to get to in a minute. And they don't want to kind of relearn that. And um, and and so these posers would send out these beams of energy. And you had to have these posers sitting every 20 miles because the curve they worked on the curvature of the earth just like a radio bean works. And so the farther away you got from the broadcast station, the the weaker the signal. So they'd have to have mm-hmm. hosers. And um so that's that's how they, they use these crystals. So things go along, you know, humpity dumpity. They they retreated and from it maturation. gave them
1: three free energy as well as um medical. Do I have that yeah, well, right?
2: their medical over twenty thousand years, their their medical uh, developed to the point where where they're still far fairly far ahead mm-hmm. of us, but we're catching up on some things.
1: But so, it gave uh, them free energy as well, so yeah. they all had free energy.
2: So, uh, so lo and behold, things start keep moving along to about 12,700 years ago. And that's when I was told that that things were not going well, that the Atlanteans were going to destroy themselves. So I uh, I was told this by ETs. They actually even took me in an ET craft and to show me where I was supposed to take everybody. And so... I migrated with twenty-five thousand of my followers to Egypt, and in Egypt, they were—they still had records of how they had been conquered by the Atlanteans, and they were afraid the same thing was going to happen again. But there was a princess, an Egyptian princess, and in, in her meditations, she was told that we were—they we were good people, so she helped us. Uh, resettle that princess is my wife today. So, mm. <laughs> and and in her next life, she's going back twelve thousand five hundred years in the past, and she's going to be a pharaoh in uh, in Egypt. And I'm going to be a assistant, but I've already had that as a past life. So that's.
1: Can uh, you can you decide? Like, can she decide? I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a far, uh, pharaoh. I don't want to travel but I don't want to do this (laughs) Yeah, keep in mind
2: we're we're fragments of souls and so Mm -hmm. our all of our lives on earth are taking uh, place at the same time and and so you know these are these are lives but we change we can change what's happening in the lives for the better or worse so when you do good things and raise your vibrational level you're affecting those past lives and you're rewriting those past lives at the same time as you're rewriting future lives. So it's, wow. you know, be be loving, be con- uh, compassionate, uh, be nice to people, and, and you'll get along real well for future lives. <laughs> so, uh, and in fact, I even say it, this prayer, I say every single morning, I ask any and all beings, to come to the aid and comfort of anyone that I've ever harmed, either physically, mentally, morally, spiritually, or emotionally, in any past, present, or future life. And I ask that any all beings come to the aid and comfort of the families and friends of anyone that I've ever harmed in any way, in any past, present, or future life. They can go to my website, www.thegenowaybook.com, and click on signs, and you can find find that benevolent prayer to say every day.
1: Hmm. So um, that's, that's okay. a beautiful prayer, actually.
2: Yep. Uh, and Theo tells me he said, "Tom, believe me when I tell you this." And I, I, it's printed in on that signs page. He said, uh, "He said you've never were in uh, you were never inspired to say this prayer. This is the very first life out of all the lives you've had on earth that you." said this prayer, and it's very important that you say it every single day because it affects all of your lives every single day. Wow. Okay, so um, things things move along. Uh, things start getting really chippy. Uh, I, that's why I was told to migrate with 25,000 of my followers to Egypt. And so, lo and behold, 12,500 years ago, um, the, the sons of Belial that inhabited Aaron and those five little islands below them uh, decided to do sort of like a um, one of those sneak attacks. 375 aircraft flew up to Poseidia and using these ray guns uh, proceeded to melt people, the ground they were on, and, and everything. I mean, a million and a half people died the very first day of the war. Wow, a million and a half. And they thought they knew where all the airfields on Posadia were, but they didn't. And so Posadia retaliated the law of one people, and and that uh, got to the point where all the islands of of uh, that were left of Atlantis. Sank into the ocean. At that time, the ocean rose from the
1: volcano or the war. Pardon? From the volcano or the war?
2: No, this is from the war. Volcano was (coughs) was
1: thirty thousand years
2: ago. This was twelve thousand. Yeah,
1: so we destroyed uh, ourselves. (laughs) And
2: so twelve, yeah, and and so the oceans of the world, (coughs) excuse me, rose. Forty-five feet. Now, this didn't really cover the whole world. It's just that those people thought it did, and this was when actually the story of Noah actually took place. I was going to ask that. Three thousand yeah. or so years ago, like like um, is in the Bible, because they couldn't keep track of time. You know, they were mm-hmm. passing these stories down uh, verbally from generation to generation, and so um, he he actually floated and he landed on the lower slopes of Mount Ariadne How area, however that's pronounced um, with his family uh, but that was 12,500 years ago so that that's the second major flood now this leaves Lemuria Lemuria as I say was getting along well uh, in, up until uh, seven thousand five hundred years ago, when and, and and this I have to say, I, I asked, "Well, did I ever have a a life on Lemuria?" Oh, Tom, you helped sink the continent. so
1: oh, geez, <laughs> not yes. something you want to be known for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I <laughs>
2: I, I, uh, I I was told that I feel that was my worst life on Earth. It took me 85 or 87 lives to uh, balance stuff.
1: Clean it up.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and so um, so basically, there were like seven countries uh, that existed on this continent that was close to Japan. It extended as far as within 100 miles of Hawaii, which is why people... In Hawaii, feel like a a, a Lemurian spirit or a, an energy is because the people of Lemuria, because they were so close to Hawaii, would vacation there. And even even when the the seven different countries that were so different from each other, uh, they each would have their own a uh, part of of Hawaii to vacation, and that's that's where that. Lemurian energy was was put deep into the land from all those people coming for their vacations. So uh, this uh, Lemuria was about uh, 12 percent larger than modern day um, Australia, where Atlantis was 10 percent larger. So uh, it was a little bit larger, but not huge. And um, and so we um, uh, in in, I was in one of the countries and we were having real hard time with a couple of other countries. So the leaders and I was a a religious leader and I encouraged it. Oh, yeah. Let's let's drop a bomb on them. A couple of bombs or whatever. And uh, uh, because they don't have a way to retaliate wrong. They uh, we dropped two <laughs> hydrogen type bombs, one on each country. They did have, and so this started the war that completely uh wiped out the um the continent of Mu. And um and, and Why did
1: you, why did you move to drop bombs in the first place? Why why, why the wars? Why what? Yeah, why were the wars? You know, usually there's a war for either a financial reason or you want oh, to take over resources. These seven
2: countries were divided like Europe is today by like the Rhine River or, or the mountains mm-hmm. of the Alps or whatever, you know. Uh, and, and so that's how those countries in the continent of Mew were divided and, and they just had different religious practices. When they went away, maybe some would be almost fully clothed getting in the ocean. Other people would be topless, or what, you know, it, it right. all depended on their religious beliefs. And, and so it, uh, the oceans in of the, the world,
1: end, it's always religion, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, uh, too bad. Uh,
2: uh, the Beatles, uh, John Lennon says, ah, if there was no religion. <laughs>
1: mm hmm.
2: You know, so
1: can you imagine it would have changed everything?
2: Yeah. And and so the oceans rose again, 170 feet or so. And again, this uh, this drowned every single person that lived on on the coast all over the world, every single person. So that's why there are no, you know, between those three floods. There's just no records, virtually no records. Um, the records that that Plato referred to were brought back from Egypt by his grandfather. And I'm told that that those records are still um, are still in, in a basement in Athens somewhere.
1: Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, I've gotten caught in all of this. <laughs> how did they not know? They were so technologically advanced. How did they not know about those volcanoes and the possibility of them erupting, and and wiping them out? I just feel well, like um, you know they were so advanced, so much smarter.
2: Well, obviously, they didn't know how to tone down the volcano,
1: or even know it could happen.
2: I, I think they just lived with it, you know, because it, because those volcanoes were there for thousands of years. I mean, those mm-hmm. volcanoes existed when the continent was seated 60,000 years ago. And Yeah,
1: so there was no reason to watch them then. So for
2: 30,000 years, you know, they might have blown up a little bit, you know, one here, one there, but never mm-hmm. all of them at the same time. And that's... That was their natural and how
1: response. is it that we have found no real evidence or how we we found evidence of uh Lannis and Lamora?
2: Well, there are. I mean, obviously, like Lemuria, um, there is a, a there's some underground underwater, pardon me, um ruins off the coast of Japan. I'm told that was a fort that uh, was part of Lemuria or the Mew continent, and you can uh, you can uh, go do a search for underwater ruins, Japan, and you'll see it's they're down 120 or 150 feet or more something. Mm-hmm. Like um, for Atlantis, there are several. Um, as an example, in the marshes of Spain keep in mind all these oceans rose so it it flooded right. all flooded all these coastal cities and everything in the marshes of Spain there they have found what is well if you can imagine like let's take the state of Arkansas they built their capital to be a, a smaller size uh, replica of the capital of the, of the United States Capitol Building Okay, Uh so that's kind of what they did. They built a city that was known as the Golden. I think it was called something like the Golden City. And it had all these these canals going around it and everything. And you can you can find that. And they thought, well, maybe that's that's Atlantis. But no, that was a, a, a smaller replica that somebody wanted to build their city to look like. The Golden City of Atlantis of Poseidon, so there mm-hmm. there are these little things, and you can even uh, like that Bimini Road. Uh, if I, I'm told that if you dig down far enough on Bermuda um, or some of these islands, you will find ruins. But it's because mm-hmm. there have been thousands of years of, of all
1: the
2: silt. <laughs> of this dust and everything that Mm -hmm. builds things up i mean go to england go to bath and look how far below street level uh the bath is i mean it's it's way below street level and that's because things just built up over hundreds of years
1: you know what i hate to stop this conversation because it's fascinating um but i need to we're going to we're at the end of our time, and I want to make sure that people know what's going on with you, and where to get hold of you and your books, and what you have coming up.
2: Okay. Yes. Uh, one, I'd love for people to uh, to go to my website www.thegentlewaybook singular because I didn't think I'd write more than one book. Um, mm-hmm. com. You can sign up for my for my free weekly newsletter on the front page. And you can also go to my articles and news page where all of my weekly newsletters have been archived all the way since 2007. Okay. Um, I have, uh, uh, I, I have six books out uh, four on the general way, including the newest general way book was uh, the general way with pets. Uh, I think people would really enjoy that. And uh, I also have, First contact conversations with an ET about my all my conversations with this with my extraterrestrial soul brother Antura. And um I'm I've got uh the manuscript, which hasn't been turned in yet, on uh conversations with Gaia. That'll be going to my publisher before too long. On, on October the first this year, 2023. I'm going to be speaking at, uh, it's called uh, We Are Not Alone in the Universe, and you can do a a Google search to find them. Um, uh, It's at the Grapevine Convention Center, Grapevine, Texas, which is located in between Dallas and Fort Worth. It's very inexpensive. It's their first year. They've got speakers, including me, Uh, (laughs) the guy that's, that's running it. Uh, drew in all sorts of favors because all of us had spoken at his previous functions, so he he got us for a cheap deal and um, <laughs> and good and move. So the uh, the tickets are only fifteen dollars for one day and twenty five dollars for two.
1: Wow, that is affordable. That is good. that's that's
2: a really good deal. They, it will never mm-hmm. be that low they're going to have the next one in May. And he says, the price is going up.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, Tom, thanks so much for being on and, and educating us on, on landis and lamoria Lemuria, I keep mispronouncing, Lemuria. I think. Yeah, Mew, yeah, the continent of Mew. But thanks so much for being on. I really enjoyed it.
2: I greatly appreciate having me. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye.